0: You just arrived for professor office hours with 10 minutes left. There's time for one question, and your professor has to answer quickly but clearly and accurately so you understand. Welcome to Cali Laudables, your audio law professor.
1: Today, you ask Professor Barbara Glasner Fines of UMKC School of Law about briefing cases and the relationship between briefing a case and exam writing. Mr. Wagner. How'd the first week of classes go for you?
0: Okay, I've been briefing all my cases, but I'm not really sure if I'm doing it right. Everybody seems to be doing it differently, and some aren't writing out briefs at all. They're just book briefing. That seems so much more efficient.
1: Well, there's no one right way to brief a case, and you'll brief cases differently as you progress through law school. But I wouldn't advise moving straight to book briefing alone. There's a real value in writing out your case briefs that you don't get by just highlighting and making margin notes. For one thing, writing engages your brain in a different way than just reading and highlighting. The research shows that the more senses you use in studying, the more effectively you learn. Another reason to write out your briefs is that written analysis of the law is one of the most important skills you need to master early on. In nearly all your exams, your grade will be a reflection of not just what you know, but how clearly and effectively you can communicate what you know. The best way to improve your written analysis is to write a lot. So think of every case brief you write as a practice exam. Of course, on the exams you won't be writing about the cases you've read, but you will be writing about how the rules those cases developed apply to new facts. And case briefing can be good practice in writing your summary of a rule and its application to a set of facts. So go ahead and highlight and take notes in the margin, but also as much as you can, write your brief out. Would you like me to uh, look at one of your case briefs and give you some feedback?
0: That would be great.
1: So what brief do you have there?
0: It's a torts case we just covered in class.
1: Oh, yes, Garrett V. Daly. That's a classic. Okay, I see you started the brief with procedural posture. Why did you do that?
0: Because that's the first question Professor Thomas always asks.
1: That doesn't surprise me. He teaches civil procedure as well as torts. So, I see that you figured out that you need to brief cases in a way that allows you to answer the questions in class.
0: Sure, I thought that was the reason we were supposed to brief cases, to be ready for class.
1: Well, that's one reason, but one of the secrets of case briefing is to understand that the primary purpose of briefs is to help you learn how to read cases and how to understand a particular doctrine. Briefs can be used to prepare for exams. We can talk about that another time, but for right now, just think of your case briefing not just as preparing for class, but as a way to focus your attention on the parts of the case that you need. To learn. So let's look at your brief and see if it's helped you focus on the essentials. You have lots of details about the facts and outcome of this case. The question you need to ask yourself is why are each one of these facts important? Have you characterized the facts in a way that you could later recognize a case with a similar fact pattern? So For example, here you wrote that Brian was 5 years and 11 months old, that he was visiting Ruth Garrett's home. You've written out the whole story of each side's version of the facts in a lot of detail. But remember that your purpose in reading this case is not to learn the facts. Your purpose is to learn how to interpret a case and use it to solve problems in the future. So I think some of these details are probably unnecessary. For example, you give both sides of the story here, but for most classes, for most cases, and certainly for purposes of understanding the legal analysis, you really should only focus on the facts that the court adopted. The Garrett court adopted Brian Daly's version, so it's really not important or relevant to brief the details of the plaintiff's side of the story. You might want to note that the facts were in dispute, but even that's really not necessary to learning how the court analyzed the legal issues here. Now, you also mentioned that Daly was five years and 11 months old and that he was visiting Ruth's home. Are those facts relevant, those details? Do you think the result would have been different if he'd been 10 or 15 or 50? Do you think the result would have been different if Ruth had been visiting his home?
0: That's the problem, Professor. Those are the same questions the professor asks in class and we don't get very good feedback about what the answer is i don't understand how i am supposed to know whether a fact is relevant so it should be in the brief
1: well the way you determine whether facts belong in your brief is this can you give a good reason for including those facts did the court use the facts did it appear central to the court's reasoning Is it logical that the particular fact would be relevant to the analysis? The point here is that case briefing isn't about finding the right answer. It's about learning the process of analyzing the law and precedent and applying it to new fact situations. Really, reading cases is a lot more like reading Shakespeare than it is like reading a chemical formula. So let's look at your briefs more and see what else it might be helping you to learn. You have some statements of the rule here in your brief. Battery requires intent. Okay, that's good. You framed the case in the larger context of the tort battery that you're studying and the particular element of that tort intent. And then you have a whole paragraph about what intent means. It looks like it's copied right from the case. Okay, well, that's okay but it's often better to highlight that portion of the opinion in your textbook and put a page and paragraph reference in your brief. But in terms of extending your learning, copying rules from the cases won't necessarily help you learn. You need to make sure you're really working to understand the rules that you're copying. And the best way for you to do that is not to copy, it's to read the case, close the book, and then write what you can remember Certainly try to remember the key legal terms and phrases as they're used in the case, but put reasoning and analysis in your own words. Merely copying parts of the opinion into a brief doesn't engage your analytical brain, only your transcription ability. And you want to be a lawyer, not a court reporter. Research has demonstrated that the very best way to place learning into long-term memory is through this process of practicing retrieval of the learning. Okay, now what I don't see in your brief is the conflict, and that's really central. Rules are the product of conflict, so if you want to learn how to analyze a case, you have to pay attention to the conflicts in the case. So you should have the arguments of the plaintiff, the arguments of the defendant, the trial court's interpretation of what the law is and how it should be applied, the appellate court's review, what the rule was before the case, what happened to the rule after the case. These are the kinds of questions you have to ask yourself if you want to learn the analytical process for developing rules. And these are the observations and interpretations that need to go in your case brief. Some parts of your case brief should answer questions that don't necessarily appear in the opinion at all. For example, how does this case fit with the prior law? How likely will this case be read broadly or narrowly in the future? To what extent do you think the particular facts of this case impacted its outcome? Why? Do you agree with the outcome, with the analysis? These interpretive questions will place the case in a larger context of policy and help you get the big picture of the law. So this is pretty good, but you probably want a lot more, a lot more thought, a lot more learning, and that's not necessarily reflected in this case brief, but the bottom line here is that you know you're briefing right if you're learning more. And so only you know if this case brief really helped you to learn more about the concept of implied intent and torts and whether it helped you to learn how to read and interpret a case and learn the skill of deducing rules and applying them to new fact situations. Does that make sense?
0: Thanks, Dean Glesner. Finds This really helped. Laudables are produced and distributed by Cali, the Center for Computer Assisted Legal Instruction. Find more Laudables at wwwcaliorg laudables. Send your question and feedback to laudables at cali.org. That's L A W D I B L E S at C A L I.org. The Laudable theme music is Ask Me No Question by Learning Music. Laudables are for educational purposes only. Please seek an attorney if you need legal advice.